Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Good morning. morning. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) The sweet, sweet presence of Jesus is here. I felt it when I walked in this morning. Grateful to be in the house of the Lord today, getting to, to share what he has put on my heart for this morning. And I think really just for the year. Can we can we just proclaim that for the year as well? Uh, Before we get started, I wanted to share a little story. So I heard this story a couple weeks ago, and I just couldn't shake it. It's a little bit of an interesting story. Um, It involves rats. Yeah, so if I lost you, come back, come back. Um, Yeah, I heard it as I was um, driving into town one day, and it literally just, I I wept in the car hearing the story of rats. So I'm going to share with you this story, so maybe you'll cry along with me to make me feel a little bit better about myself. But there was this um, scientist, Dr. Richter, I hope I said that right, but in the 50s conducted this experiment with rats. What he did is he took these rats, and maybe you've heard this story before, but he basically dropped them in a bucket of water. I know, not probably the nicest uh, thing for the poor rats, but he dropped them in water, and he watched to see how long it would take before they sank to the bottom, and essentially died. 15 minutes. (laughs) It took 15 minutes. The rats kind of swam around, were were excited, chaotic, and just gave up. So then he decided to try this experiment, but he adapted it just a little bit. So he took some more rats, and he dropped them in water. But right at minute 14, he picked them up out of the water, He dried them off, he gave them something to eat, and then he dumped them back in the water. Do you want to know how many days those rats survived after that? It was something like 72 hours or something like that. It was like three days that these rats, after they had a hand extended to them, after they were picked up out of the water, dried off, there's this thing that they found some hope. And, and today, church, Jesus is our hope. Amen. Our hope for today, for tomorrow, and every single day after that. And, and this story struck my heart, especially in this season when we celebrate Palm Sunday, when we celebrate Easter, when we celebrate the work that Jesus did for us on the cross. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. So before we get into the word this morning, I'm going to just open us up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, and I thank you that you have something new for us this morning. God, we give you our hearts, and we give you our time. And Lord, I pray that that every word brings honor and glory to you. Lord, that it speaks to us individually. In Jesus' name. Amen. Palm Sunday. Now, this is not, I'm just going to give you a little disclaimer. This is not your typical Palm Sunday message. Is that going to be okay? Okay. 
Uh, but we are going to talk about Palm Sunday because I think oftentimes um, we, we mention Palm Sunday or maybe growing up as a kid you did an activity or a worksheet or you waved a palm branch or someone gave you a, a palm tree cross to keep in your Bible. And so we talk about it, but we don't really unpack the importance. And there is a huge importance and a huge significance placed on today, on Palm Sunday. We celebrate the start of victory. And that victory that lasts us for eternity. And that's something to be celebrated. And that's something to be talked about. And that's something to be excited about. So this morning, I want us to unpack the significance of Palm Sunday. In the video earlier we watched today, a little, a little tidbit about what, what it was when Jesus triumphantly came into Jerusalem. And he told a few of his disciples to, to go off and, and grab a, a donkey and its colt. And we know that's significant because that was the fulfillment of a prophecy that was prophesied 500 years before. Jesus tells his disciples to go get the donkey, and he says, if anybody asks, just tell them I need it. I love that. <laughs> Very clear, right? Just, oh, say it's for the Lord. It's fine. So if you brought your Bibles, or it's going to be up on the screen, we are going to start in Matthew 21, verse 4. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, threw garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of this crowd spread garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession. The people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. Who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. In another translation, it says, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna, meaning to save, to rescue. They were yelling out, rescue us, save us in excitement. See, the people wanted victory. They wanted victory over the authority that was oppressing them. And in their minds, they pictured an earthly king. This is what they've been waiting for. They were excited. The day has finally come. But little did they know that Jesus' glory would be far greater than that of a local king. That his love would far extend any expectation. So here we have all these people celebrating, shouting, and making a big spectacle, being excited. But in just a few days, these same people are going to be the people that bow to political pressure, desert Jesus, and turn their back on him. Fascinating, isn't that? How one day we can have 
excitement and joy. And then the next day, all of a sudden, we're walking away because things don't look the way that we thought they would look. I mean, that's preaching to me. (laughs) And I want to unpack this a little bit further because there's these significant symbols throughout this passage that I just, I really feel like we need to focus in on. First, I want to talk about the donkey. Of all things, a donkey. I mean, not your most majestic animal, am I right? (laughs) Like, smelly, gross. I often think of the movie Shrek, right? Like, I just, donkey wouldn't be my first choice. I'm just saying. But we know um, if we look back throughout history and, and different things, when, when kings or a conquering hero would, would return from a battle, they were often not found on a donkey. Am I right? They were found on a war horse that's, that's majestic, that's powerful, that makes a statement, right? Jesus chose a donkey. Jesus chose a sign of peace because he is the prince of peace. See, Jesus didn't need a war horse. And he is communicating by riding through the streets on a humble donkey. He is communicating that there are no other battles. There are no other enemies. There are no other oppressors. Because he has already won the battle. He doesn't need a war horse to declare that because he's already done it. Because he is the king of kings. He is the prince of peace. And this is what he's saying to the people back then. And this is what he's saying to us today. He goes, I've already won the war. I've already fought the battle. It is finished. This is our reminder. This is our reminder for today. And for tomorrow. And for every single day that follows. That our battle has already been won. And we get to be on the winning side. We get to be on the winning side. It's our reminder that we must guard our hearts, especially, I feel like, especially in the season that we are in, guard our hearts against a superficial acclaim to Jesus. Because we don't have time for that, church. We do not have time for that. We read in 1 Corinthians 4.20, and I love this. It says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it is living by God's power. Some people are really good about talking about faith. They have all the fancy words. They know what to say. They have a platform to say it. But if I will be so bold this morning as to say that sometimes it's just a lot of talk. (laughs) If your life doesn't reflect the kingdom of God, what are you doing? (laughs) And we have to ask ourselves this question. I have to ask myself this question. If our life doesn't reflect Jesus, not only are we wasting our time, but we're wasting everybody else's. The kingdom of God is meant to be lived. Let your life show that God's power is working on you and through you. That's your greatest testimony. Did you know that? It's your greatest testimony is just living for Jesus and letting the other people that are around you experience that. 
being an example of his love. As we celebrate Palm Sunday, we celebrate how Jesus began his journey to the cross. The blood of Jesus that changed history. The freedom from death. Victory forever in Jesus that's ours. We read in Matthew, um, just a couple verses back, where it says that, that branches were cut down. And in, in other, it's actually um, the entry of Jesus is talked through all throughout the Gospels in a little different way. And, and some um, add a little bit more detail than others. And so um, while I was uh, researching this week and, and praying through this, I found out that not, there's a significance to a palm branch. And it might be a small detail that we often kind of um, skim over because, okay, like it's a palm tree. It was maybe like a pretty tree. out there. Like we don't really think too hard about it. But there's a significance. See, the palm tree during this time was a symbol of victory. And it was a symbol of immortality. Psalms 92 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. So what does that mean? It means palm trees can withstand the elements. Palm trees bend, but they do not break. See, you can tie a, a rope or a metal wire of some material around the, the base of a palm tree, and it won't indent the tree. In fact, actually, that piece of material will, will start to manipulate and, and bend or, or break itself, but the tree itself will not break. See, any other tree, if you tie a rope around it or wire, it will indent the tree, it will mar the tree, it will eventually, oftentimes, split the tree in half. But not the palm tree. See, the palm tree bends, but it doesn't break. So if we read back this verse where it says that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and if we are the righteousness, and we're like the palm tree then there's no sin that can bind us to break us. Am I right? See, it might try. It might try to have its grip. It might wrap tightly around and around, but it will not break us. Because palm trees bend, and they do not break. Through storms, high winds, rain, you name it, their roots grow deep in the ground. It says they're almost like, like a ball of spaghetti, okay? So deep in the ground, they're, they're entangled together, and they're, they're, they're placed so they can find a water source, even in the, the driest of lands. And I often think of, of our lives, and, and if we're rooted in Jesus like that, if, if our heart is so entangled with him, so entangled with him that, that we find that he is our foundation. See, other trees in storms topple over. They break. Palm trees bend, but they don't break. So if the people were waving the palm branch as a sign of victory, and the palm branch is kind of a symbol of us as the righteousness of Christ, then we have been raised up 
to then be laid down at the feet of Jesus. To make a way for others to know who he is because that is our mission. That is our purpose. I know that we have callings and we have all these things, but honestly, if we are to share the love of Jesus with anyone and everyone that we meet. And I want us to ask ourselves a serious question this morning. Because sometimes it's easy to think about reaching out to people in our community, right? Or or reaching out to people in other nations or, or reaching out. But what about our neighbors? What about the people right next to us? Are we sharing the love of Jesus with them? It's our mission, church. It's the heartbeat of Jesus that we share about his goodness. This week, as as I was um, preparing, I came across a passage, kind of by accident, but not really. (laughs) And when I read this passage, I began just to, to weep in my office because it hit me in such a powerful way that I don't think I was quite expecting The passage is found in Psalms 62, and I'm going to read 1 through 9. we got a lot of scripture today. So it says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, for I will never be shaken. So many enemies come against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but they curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait patiently before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. And I want you to pay attention to this part. It says, common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not as they appear to be. For if you weigh them on scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. He is my rock and my salvation and my victory and my hope are in him. And I want to piece together verse 9 because when I read that where it says common people, this, this isn't like a, um, an arrogant type of, of feel to this. This isn't trying to be like, well, those common people, they're not like us Jesus people. It's not like that, I promise. When I read this and as I was praying for, for you, Walk of New Life, in this, in this season where... Um, New things are coming and transition and change and all that. That last couple few verses just made me stop and think. I don't want to be common. I don't. I don't want to be mainstream. I don't want to be mundane. I don't want to be common. Because we know what it says about common people. Common people lack faith. I want to be uncommon. I want to be different. I want you to be uncommon. I want you to be different. We read 
in Galatians 1.10, it says, Obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You might say, whoa, Paul, <laughs> a little harsh there. But you know what? The church of Galatia needed to hear those straightforward words. They needed to be pressed. Because Paul saw that Paul, Paul saw, Paul saw that the Galatian Christians were on the wrong track, and he knew that he wasn't doing his duty as a servant of the Lord if he just let it go. If he just turned a blind eye and didn't engage. And I feel like, especially this year and other just things that have gone on, it's easy just to turn a blind eye and not engage. But church, this is when we need to engage. This is when we need to have conversations. This is when we need to declare the hope of Jesus more than we ever have before because people need to hear it. People need to hear it. Because I want everyone to experience what it is like to live in relationship with Jesus. That's why I'm up here. Honestly, I would have never chose this, this preaching thing for myself, honestly. And I know many of you know parts of my story. I mean, I had zero speaking ability, and I don't even know if I still do. But <laughs> we're here, and someone gave me a mic, so we're going for it. But honestly, like, this isn't just me. This is God instilling me with a purpose to be up here to preach the good news of the gospel. And you know what? He did that for you, too. It might not look like a microphone. Maybe it's a conversation on your lunch break at work. Maybe it's the grocery store checkout line. I don't know what it is, but I know that when God presses something on your heart, when God tells you to speak life over someone, please do it. You could change their whole life by letting them know about the love of Jesus Christ. Church, I pray that you would have the courage to live for God's approval and not the approval from the world. The things of this world fade so quickly, but Jesus is forever. If you pray for courage, let me tell you, God is going to give you an opportunity <laughs> to have courage. I always kind of laugh a little bit when... Um, I'm preparing a message, and the word courage comes up because I don't think of myself as a courageous person. And yet I always somehow every message has a little blurb about courage, and I'm like, I see you, Jesus. I see you trying to remind me that, that it's not by my own strength, but it's by the strength of Jesus that we get to be courageous believers. Welcome New Life, I pray that you would be uncommon in the way that you live, in the way that you love. We read James 1, 5 through 8. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave in the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Your loyalty, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. 
Church, we know what the Bible says about being lukewarm. A person with divided loyalty is not complete. Saving the day. All right. Welcome to your life. I, I broke this down into three things that I'm praying over you in this next season. I pray that you would have an uncommon confidence, an uncommon perseverance, and an uncommon courage. Have confidence that God knows what he's doing. Amen. That every plan and step is directed by him. Be confident that God provides for you, that God heals you, that God protects you, and that God notices you. You can trust in Jesus because he keeps his promises, and we read it all through scripture. We see promise after promise fulfilled. An uncommon perseverance. When facing hard things, sorrow, pain, anger, grief, Don't let bitterness enter your hearts. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Uncommon perseverance. Where you choose forgiveness. Where you choose forgiveness. When the world wants a divided church, you show them a united church. You be the example. Uncommon courage. Because with Jesus, all things are possible. He will never abandon you. There's no room for fear with Jesus. He carries you through every season, every circumstance. And it's okay to do things even though you feel afraid. Oftentimes, those are the best things. (laughs) Oftentimes, those are the things where I've learned the most is when I step out even though I'm afraid and I do it anyway. Uncommon confidence, uncommon perseverance, and uncommon courage is a choice that you get to make. is a choice that I pray that you make because all of these things lead to an uncommon love that this world is not used to. And you know what? Welcome to life. You get to show them. You get to be the example. You get to be the standard. As I'm wrapping up here, um, I just want to say thank you. And I'm going to try not to cry, but... Y'all know me, so we're probably going to have some tears. But I want to say thank you for just allowing me to share my heart with your families. For just allowing me to to make mistakes and to to get back up and encourage me to try harder. For praying with me and for me through really difficult seasons of life. And the good seasons of life, too. 
for the countless conversations that we've had where you probably didn't even know it, but you were speaking so much life over me. Welcome New Life is uncommon because it's special. And it's something that, that for the last almost 28 years that I've got to hold so closely to my heart. And I will continue, continue to do so because as I, as I look out and I see your, your faces and the impact that you've had on, on my life, and I'm just one person, imagine the impact that you've had on others. I'm thankful for a family who has just shown me what faith looks like, who has believed in me, and who has loved me in an uncommon way. <laughs> Walk a new life. I fully believe that the best is yet to come. That God is just getting started with the story of Wacom New Life. That although we've been a church for 80-some years, I believe that, that we are just starting to climb into what God has for this church. And it's because people like you have sacrificed blood, sweat, tears, prayers, and all of that. It's because you have demonstrated your faith. It's because you have loved people that God is going to bless this place, that God is going to bring new to this place. God is going to bring a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit on this place. And I literally cannot wait to watch <laughs> from an hour away, but I will be watching. <laughs> so thank you, Welcome New Life, for allowing me to step into my calling for allowing me to, to be a part of this family because it'll be something that I will always treasure. Thank you. Amen. I would like to... Oh. <laughs> I just want to pray a blessing over you and your families before we dismiss today. So would you just stand with me? God, I thank you so much for Welcome New Life. I thank you for every person that's represented here. God, I thank you for every testimony of your goodness that's represented here. God, I know that the best is yet to come for Welcome New Life Assembly. God, that you have plans to prosper this church, Lord Jesus. God, that you are going to renew hearts and minds in this place. God, that you are going to bring a fresh anointing of your spirit on this place in every heart. So, Jesus, I thank you that walk of new life is uncommon. Lord, I pray that, that as they walk in confidence and perseverance and courage, that they look to you, Jesus. That you are their example. The way that they live and the way that they love. So, Jesus, I thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't go too far. You can have a seat just for a minute. Pastor Erica, don't run away. I mean, you can. Well, I mean, not till next week anyway. Um, I just want to say a couple of things. 
Uh, we're going to pray a blessing over Pastor Erica. Um, we have a kindred spirit in a way that we were both children of this church, uh, saved in this church, filled with the Holy Spirit in this church, called in this church. And so I, I can't over, overstate how we probably don't quite understand exactly what's going on, but, but the profound obedience we're witnessing here um, in Pastor Erica, her willingness to, to say yes to something that uh, is, is completely brand new. Um, and and I, can't, I can't let this moment go by without encouraging each one of us to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because what, what, she's doing a prophetic act here by saying yes to Jesus. Um, and, and we are called to say yes to Jesus. I want to read, uh, and I lost my, my spot. Um, I got it here. It's in Psalms. So it's always good, but I lost it. But it says this, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Most translations say, and renew a right spirit or a steadfast spirit. The way I just read it, and I share this with our staff, it says this, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a willing spirit within me. When you're first saved, you're like, Jesus, yes to everything, whatever you want to do. And we're never called to stop saying yes to Jesus in everything that we do. And, and I want to honor that in Pastor Erica, who has blessed more than any of you know, more than any of us understand, the kids, the countless kids, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that have come through our events, uh, our youth, our adults. Have we been blessed by having Pastor Erica in our lives? And And so we're going to pray a blessing on her, but I, I also don't want it to be lost on the rest of us that God is calling you. Are you a willing spirit? Are you willing <laughs> when he calls you? Uh, young people, when he tells you what you put on this earth for, are you willing? And I'll tell you, umpteen years ago, I never thought I'd come back and walk a new life. But I just live my life saying, yes, Father, whatever you have in store for me. And so, Pastor Eric, you don't know what's going to happen next year, the year after, 20 years from now. But you're saying yes, and that lifestyle of saying yes will carry you to places we, you can't design. And we want to say thank you so much. We love you, we love you, and we bless you. And you're not, you're not leaving because you're still a part of Wacom New Life. You just can't get, get away from that. Um, and before I pray, I want to I invite you. We want to take a special offering to bless Pastor Erica today. Um, and you can do that with these envelopes in the back of your chairs. We have some out there. You just right here on the... Just write Erica in there. We'll make sure it gets to the right place. You can give online. There's a, there's a special box. You just click special offering. It says Pastor Erica on there. We just want to be a blessing. Pastor Erica, if you just stand here, and the rest of you, if you'll stand up, reach your hands out toward her. We know that blessings aren't just words. They're real things. And wherever Pastor Erica goes in life, we get to take some credit for too. <laughs> whatever, whatever souls she takes a part in witnessing to, as we bless her and we send our blessing with her. So, Father, we thank you so much. You, you gift your church wonderfully. And we acknowledge that Pastor Erica has and is a gift to walk a new life. But we don't get to keep her forever and own her. <laughs> Father, she is called to great and mighty things. And so, Father, as a house 
of walk of new life. We extend every blessing possible that we have to give. We ask you to fill her with your Holy Spirit. Lord, her willingness to say yes, the willing spirit. Father, I pray that you would bless her with the desires of her heart. Father, that you would anoint her and find <laughs> that she would find herself stepping out into the power of the Holy Spirit in ways that she's only read about, but she knows that you have in store for her. May the fruit of her life be even greater and greater exponentially as she grows from glory to glory to glory, as she continues to demonstrate the prophetic yes of what it looks like to walk in faith in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we ask your blessing upon her, your protection upon her. Father, your open doors, favor in her new in her new church, Lord, with people, Lord, that she would find herself surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that would encourage her just as much as she encourages them. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to guide her and fill her and go with her, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to invite those of you who are comfortable enough. We if you follow the, the red brick road, the terrible red carpet, down to our gym, we're going to have just a, a fellowship time. It's really casual, but if you want to say hello, goodbye, all of those things, you have a blessing for Pastor Erica. She'll be down there in the gym. We do have some, some cake. Uh, we got some chairs you can sit. We'll try our best to stay socially distanced. But God bless you as you renew that willing spirit. And so, Father, bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.